Throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections. From our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourself? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with host Gord Riddell. It's time to listen and learn. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Things Worth Considering. I am your host, Gord Riddell. And I am here with my co-host, Alexia Georgiousis. Yes, hello. Perfect. <laughs> it, has been, it has been, you know what? The more you trip over something, the more likely you are to trip over it again and again. Especially <laughs> when you know that someone's like, name. <laughs> you did very well. Perfect. <laughs> I should have stayed longer in school and studied more Greek. Um, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm I'm well. I'm well. I think it's been an interesting time. I feel like overall, it's it, I feel ebbing and flowing. You know, it's uh, riding lots of different emotions, lots of waves that I can feel in myself and also in the collective. But yeah. overall, you know what? It's trying to practice those awareness techniques and tools around staying very present and noticing. I think there's a lot of noticing. Um, being able to be very comfortable with stillness and also interestingly enough, I think structure, you know, recognizing lack of structure and then some overly structured things like going grocery shopping, but right. <laughs> you know, work wise, it's, it's, there's a lot of loose fluidness that is really around sitting with the unknown. Yeah. Yeah, How about you? that's How about challenging you? a lot of people. That's challenging a lot of people. I think, you know, I still have a, a fair amount of structure, you know, in terms of, um, you know, a fair amount of things that have to be done because we're, we are on online, we are doing courses. Um, I've been teaching quite a few of them lately. That's easing up now, which is, which is great. And, of course, prep for our, our uh, weekly uh, chat online here um, yeah. on Voice America. Um, yeah, I mean, there's certainly, you know, I can't say I've got a great deal of what would appear to be free time, you know. Um, right. But interestingly, though, it's, it's when you're working from home, it's how amazing how quickly you can fill a day. Uh, that exactly I wake up and sometimes I think oh great it's seven and then I turn around and I go oh my god it's six (laughs) so so it's it's almost as if it's teaching me again around how time is really a concept in many ways and 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 I think that's that you know being at home is has its benefits and it also has its uh you know cons but again, it's being able to recognize, okay, what's really happening? And I think part of the, um, the, 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 un- the not having the structure, there's freedom, but there's also a sense of um, having too much choice, which is when distraction can come into place or not having a real sense of certainty about this is exactly what I have to get accomplished, which, you know, I will, but it's, it's definitely a different experience. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I was saying the other night, actually, to a group that um, online, of course, uh, just the whole thing of, you know, we've gotten what we've wanted. Everyone's always said, oh, if only I can have a few days at home. 
Well, as we enter, what, week seven <laughs> uh, of being at home, it's not quite what we thought it was going to be. And a lot of the things we said we wanted to get done, we haven't done. Uh, it really is amazing. I think one of the big things is to get away from the, the uh, TV and the count. That's, that's really continues to always be my thing is that's going to stress people out more than anything else. You yeah, know, are yeah. these, I mean, I, I'm really glad that, you know, the, the three levels of government are, you know, they're, they're transparent, they're out there, they're telling us what's going on, what they're doing. But I still think it's stressing people out really badly. I, I think so, too. And I, I think that that's where this, again, also taps into people recognizing how much responsibility they're taking for their own lives and their own well-being. Because it's the balance of being able to be informed and then recognizing, you know what, this is stressing me out if I watch the television all day or watch hear the news all day, that I have to have a boundary. And I think part of it is we've become so dependent on something that you had said last time, I think it was Gord, around, you know, uh, entertain me. And, and this idea of not taking responsibility for ourselves, which oh, includes, I think that's still huge. It is, it is huge. And, and I think this is a big wake up. It's a huge opportunity for people to wake up in terms of becoming more conscious. But right. it doesn't have to be difficult. It's just a matter of recognizing that you absolutely, that we each have control over our thoughts of what we choose. But when we've been so caught up with having it come, the direction come from outside of ourselves, I think that creates a real problem. And, you know, when we notice that watching the news and, and seeing this, this, whatever is being done, it still deepens this fear and helplessness, especially if we think that we don't have control over what we are feeling or thinking, because oh, we, can, we can do so much with that. Well, I think we do. We can, but here's what's happening. Let's be real: is we're listening to these people who are telling us what's going on, and of course, no matter how benevolent you are, it could be Jesus Himself giving this. You know, and everyone has a better idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, if that was me, I'd be doing this. You know, there will always, always be critics. There will always be those that see authority as their parents. And so they're going to resort down to a 15, 16-year-old little rebel. Right. You know, rebellious works when we are 13, 14, 15. It's how we move away from our families and create our own families, whether it's, you know, first of all, through friends and then our our actual, you know, know, settling down with someone or whatever. I don't even want to call it settling down. Uh, Just being with somebody else uh, sort of thing on a 24-hour basis. Uh, You know, but... When, as an adult, you act rebelliously, you know, you're the only person who's going to get hurt in the end is you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You are the only person. It's kind of like the scorpion. The scorpion well, and, 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 and a lot of people, but you're going to sting yourself eventually. That's, that's right. Yeah. And, and I think what I'm referring to more is the internal work, that it's not about, you know, what to do on the, on the outside as much as it has to start with inside and recognizing, oh, why am I rebelling? Why do I feel? Because there is absolutely a loss of freedom, I think, in, in many ways, but we can perceive it very differently. You know, absolutely. we can have a choice as to how we perceive it. And I think that that's where it ties into the rebel will see it as, oh, I have no power. But, but you know, someone who has a little bit more maybe maturity or wisdom or awareness or whatever you want to call it would just see it as, again, it's not just me involved here. It's an us. 
And well, I see you know, there's the problem right there. Yeah. You know, is is you know, when when I saw those groups of people uh, um, both in the Ontario legislature as well as in the U.S., um, demonstrating against, you know, their human rights were being taken away, their constitution was being crapped on, whether it was Canadian or American constitutions. And I'm like, are these people even on this planet? You know, for every single person that showed up, you know, at any of these demonstrations, uh, demonstrations of stupidity, uh, is how many people are going to become infected? You know, in three weeks from now, we're going to start to find that out. Mm -hmm. How many people who attended any of those became infected and how many of them are dead? You know, the same was in New York. Now, not to identify the Jewish community, but the Orthodox community has gotten into trouble with the mayor and so on. Uh, for not having distancing, for, you know, being together on the Sabbath. And that's just simply not allowed right now. You know, whether you're Orthodox or not, doesn't matter. This is about, well, it should start with your community, where you live, because that's where the infections are. Yeah, that's where the infections are. And I think that, I mean, I do see, I do, no, I do, I do see the, I think that, you know, in terms of people having freedom of choice and freedom of rights, I think there's a point to it as long as, and maybe this is a a restriction, but when it's coming from a place like, well, I just need to make money. I think that that is not an argument. I think that having an ability to decide for the self around you know, where my health lies and what steps I need to take. But when there's a blind disregard for lack of prevention, I think that that is potentially um, dangerous. And I think the other part around in terms of the infections and the deaths that, 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 you know, the comorbidities around diabetes and hypertension, metabolic syndrome, all of these things that, that seem to be having more of an impact. And, and I was reading an article about um, this physician. Uh, his name was, uh, is Dr. Simon Yu, but he is talking about co-infections and he's talking particularly about, yes, treat people acutely, but also look at underlying parasitic or bacterial infections that, that, isn't, that aren't being investigated. So it's the terrain. And I think the messaging that's coming out also is that people are seeing this, this sense of, I'm afraid of this bug. I'm afraid of this organism. And they're skewing it in terms of say, thinking that their, their, their ability to be free is, uh, is relative to what they can do outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the perception of freedom, what does that mean? Because we know people that are locked somewhere, you know, like look at Nelson Mandela and all these heroic people that were locked away. The freedom was inside of themselves. Right. You know, regardless right. of what's outside. But but I, I, I mean, I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but I feel like... Um, no, you know, there's 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 a <laughs> there's there's lots of pieces there because I think that there is some validity, but it's contextualized. It needs to yes. be in the context of of what does this mean, and is it a limited thinking or is it a sense where okay, what is what does freedom represent? And again, wow, am I terrified of dying? Is that's what's really coming up for me, or am, am I terrified of getting ill? Which we we shouldn't be afraid of getting sick. Getting sick sometimes has a purpose. We, the body needs this. The immunity needs it. Not that anyone wants to die of this, this, this virus, but again, it's making us look at the whole system at play, where the gaps are. We talked about that last time where, you know, not supporting the healthcare people. And again, it's a broken system. 
It's a system of sick care. This is not teaching people how to be healthy in their lives. And then you can say, well, I I have freedom. I can go and eat as much junk food as I want. And then I want to expect that, you know, and, and again, we don't really know. People can live until they're, what, 90s, 100s, and they can drink and smoke and eat all, sugar all the time, and they are happy. <laughs> and, they're, and they're happy. Like, they're like, don't rock their boat, you know? I, I think I mentioned on one of the shows, the, the woman who did just pass away, she was 117. She wow. still smoked. She, wow. you know, she ate what she wanted, and she was 117. And I'm like, I want to go party with her. there was no restrictions on her life uh you know because it's always like well how did you live this long and they're looking for like oh well i didn't smoke and i didn't drink and i didn't have fats and i well at 117 if she could do all of those then i could be an exception too right (laughs) exactly and and i think that it's it's really recognizing that we really don't know ultimately what it is that absolutely this people die from with this virus or any other virus or serious infection, what keeps people alive and from a, a, a bigger, you know, more high, I guess, higher perspective around what's really dying. And, and again, what is health? What is health and well-being? So, so all of these questions are, are coming up for me where I'm looking at, okay, what is the perception that's here? What is the interpretation that people are making about this? And the fear of I can do, because we know, we know that there are often people that will do everything, live a very rigid health conscious life to some extent. And still something happens. And so right? something happens. That and, train comes out of nowhere yeah. and boom. <laughs> and, and then you think, well, preventative medicine, is it, it's not curative. It's not a guarantee. Neither is the vaccine. However, you can do a lot with preventative medicine. It's just like, what, we're going to stop brushing our teeth now? When I hear that around preventative medicine, you know, doesn't have any value. It's like, well, then, okay, everybody stop brushing flossing. Exactly. And, and, and so it's, it's, this, it's this paradox, which is a contradiction saying, of course, you want to be preventative, which is why the distancing is helpful, which is why these, these actions are in place. And, and it's, it's meant for, again, the sense of us and people, you know, I I think that's the hard part is that people are feeling that around, there's a bit of um, hostility that is starting to bubble up. Oh, I think there's a lot of hostility, but I don't think it's quite as, um, as deep as what you're, you're, you know, you're saying, you know, I think that that hostility is what I'm talking about is people who have regressed back to 14, 15 year olds who are like, don't tell me what to do. Right. This is my life. Or we have, we have, you know, uh, the charter of rights. We have our human rights codes in all the states and, you know, that or entrenched in, in, in the constitution and that can't be violated. Right. And so if, uh, uh, you know, the health people come along and say, we need to do this distancing in order to keep this country protected. Uh, um, that's seen as a violation of rights. You know, I, I mean, like re- rebelliousness is never, we're never able to make, make rationale of it because it, it were, as most of us do spend most of the day trying to make rational that which is totally irrational. Right. Right, right. What did they mean by that? Why did they act that way? Why are they? You'll never know. You will never, ever know. And that's, that's just the acceptance of the world as it is, you know. Uh, but it's, it's um, important that, you know, we don't spend time trying to figure out everybody else's. We need to figure out our own. And I think that's where you're coming from. Yes, absolutely. You know, yeah. 
and 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 you know it's admirable. Unfortunately, that's not what I'm observing. You know, well, my observation <laughs> is, oh my God, we yeah. are in a massive age regression. <laughs> well, and don't you think that it's very interesting that this time? I know that I I, I joined a, an online little astrology thing that was talking about the new moon, and and I don't know much about it, but it was very interesting saying that this is a time where there's almost like this this kind of unearthing of of what's real and and almost like things that need to be looked at. And I think for hopefully if people are able to recognize that their rebellion is coming from a very wounded old place, that it's an opportunity for them to see it differently. And I don't know if that could happen, but I'm hopeful that this is going to be something that really does impact people for the better in terms of being more wakeful and more conscious. Well, I think, you know, I think that provides, you know, what little I know about astrology as well. Like, you know, the new moon and what the power is there and the energies are there and, and all those kinds of things. You know, those, those possibilities are always there for us. But, you know, it's like opportunity knocks and people just sit there and they go, is that the door I hear? They got to get up and answer the door. You know, it's like yes, opportunity yes. really does just pass us by. Um, if we, you know, if this is about a co-creation, if we're fighting it, we're not co-creating, we're destroying. Exactly. That's more what I'm seeing. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. On this note, we're going to take a break. Um, and we will be back on the other side of two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back to Things Worth Considering. Um, I'm uh, Gordrell. I am here with Alexia, and we are talking about 
But the usual lately, um, our, our confinement to our home <laughs> and what we're, what we're observing, which is really interesting. I think what's really, uh, um, you know, sort of with this is, and we're talking about, you know, rebelling back and, and all that kind of stuff, is that there's a lot of losses going on as we move into the spring. We have, you know, kids who are not going to be able to graduate, um, which is really, you know, uh, I, I, I remember my graduation. It was like awesome for most of it. Uh, June weddings called off. Funerals, and there's a lot of them going on on the continent right now, uh, are restricted to like 10 people. You know? yeah. uh, and so, you know, when, when we lose that ritual of our lives, like, and these are big group rituals, you know, okay. that are family and, and, and it's very tribal. Actually, the fact these these specific ones, you know, sort of, you know, graduation is really our moving into adulthood. You know, uh, that's our rite of passage here. Uh, weddings, of course, uh, uh, is is moving into creating our own families and funerals of celebrating people who were here. Uh, the loss of that, I think, causes a lot of anxiety. Um, I mean, I think it's a loss. It isn't just a boo-hoo. It's a really deep loss. And it's because it's the ritual that maintains us. Funerals aren't for the people who lived, people, you know, who've died. Right, right, right. are for those that are left in order for them to be part of a group, you know, a group grieving process. Yes. Well, Well, and I... are in trouble. Absolutely. And I think that that's where, you know, I think everyone is going to need to step into being able to trust that they can be adaptable and work with creativity, which is for me, the, the more feminine, more yin energy that is really meant to metaphorically speaking, balance the, the yang that's been happening. And so much of the, the yang energy is very much about doing, doing, doing. And then without the ritual and without the ceremonies, you're right. This is going to deepen a sense of, again, loss or a sense of feeling loss and a, fen- a sense of feeling that, you know, I missed out on something mm-hmm. and I didn't share this. And, and I feel that there is going to be, a, again, it's provoking, it can be p- the potential to provoke a new way of seeing things, a new way of perceiving, but it will require that everyone allows themselves to feel what's there and be present with what's, what they're feeling and then know that, oh, it's not just this one way. There are right. other choices because part of, you know, questioning and being curious about this whole uh, pandemic, I think is very important for us to look at so many layers around, you know, who's, who are the parties that are benefiting on one level, but then when it, you're bringing it back to the grief and the sadness, that's a very real thing for people. And it also has a lot of potential to turn into something that, the ceremony or the ritual is done in a different way. It won't be the same. It won't because it is going to be different. And again, we're so used to the familiar yes. that suddenly it's like, what do I do without this way of that I'm used to celebrating a graduation or, or sharing in grief with people that are around me and holding me or hugging me and not having that felt sense of being held. I think it basically is telling us we need to learn how to do a lot of this for ourselves. Mm. Well, self-soothing. Self-soothing, but also 
again, it goes back to accountability and responsibility because I think this will help us shift the balance from the entitlement into the us so that instead of expecting that people around us are going to be the ones that hold us, which is, you know, of course, there's no question that we all need that on some level, but it's also deepening that awareness that, wait a minute, everything that I need is within me. Everything that I ultimately need and how can we teach you know, parents and other people and put it out to the public to basically empower people during this time instead of keeping it the sense of suppression or that you're helpless and you don't have any power. That to me is not okay. Well, and I think that's probably you just identified one of the biggest feelings out there is helplessness. You know, um, and I think that, you know, that helplessness is, you know, at the root of a lot of this behavior. Yes. You know, because, you know, Helpless, helpless, helplessness. When we're not in crisis, uh, there's a learned helplessness. Mm. People learn that people will take care of them, so yes. they don't have to be a grown up. In other words, take responsibility for themselves. Right. Um, there are certain people in this world that have to blame others. I won't mention names who are on the media daily who cannot take responsibility for anything that they say or do, and it's someone else's fault. Right. right. The biggest. BS I've ever seen. And I just, I, I, I can't believe the whole world hasn't just, you know, taken this man out and put him in a chair and wrapped him up um, and let him sit there until he's elected out. Um, and, and that will probably offend some people, well, but that's the way it goes, you know, uh, because I, he offends me. Well, uh, he, he might be voted in again. Oh, that, that would be the biggest, the biggest tragedy. I think we would need another virus. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, and there, yeah, we there could do is, it too. Well, exactly, and I and I agree. I think that the thing is, this is why it's so important for people to really pay attention of what the deeper lessons are. You know, the story of what's happening. Yes, there's the sadness. There's this, you know, um, lots of pain and suffering, and then drop under that. What else is there? What is it that I can look at within myself that maybe, oh, this is here. I'm so used to everybody taking care of me or I'm so used to feeling like I don't have any capacity to work with my own emotions. This is feeling victimized. Yeah. And this is the dulling down of sadly what has happened in the world. This This is the dullness that shuts us off from our intuition and our consciousness. And as a collective, you know, we need to sort of see it differently. Yeah, as a collective, we absolutely have to, you know, it's the individuation that is, you know, we can still have individuation within oh, yeah. the group. Uh, I mean, we have fact, we need to have that. This isn't becoming, you know, do you remember the movie, The Stepford Wives? Vaguely. Vaguely. Um, yeah. You know, it's going to where everybody basically becomes very robotic and they're all like these perfect, you yeah. know. Yeah. You know. This isn't about being set for people. Exactly. You know, at all. This is, exactly. this is about you know, individuation with consciousness. It's well, very well said, because the thing is, that's where it starts. It doesn't start from outside. As soon as, you know, we, we start to work with our own garden type of deal, our own community, our own self, that is incredibly empowering. And it allows us to step forward so that we can be, more involved in community or helping others, but it has to start with us inside before we can step out. And the, the only way that's going to happen is that, that whole, you know, it sounds like a broken record. I agree yeah. but of that responsibility, you know, people who can blame people for their bad behavior. You did it. 
This is how you acted. So there's only one other addendum that goes with this to round this one out, and that is that at some level, you feel entitled. Right. You are an entitled little person who is hurting other people, you know, in order to offset that. Yeah. The entitlement of, well, I could have a party. You know, none of my friends, uh, uh, you know, have this infection or they're clean right. using last right. week's language around yeah. stigmas, yeah. you know. And, and that level of mentality is even more dangerous than a victim's. I, I completely agree. That level of mentality along with fear, you know, uh, because it's, it's, it basically completely skews the perception. And, and also in terms of the idea of entitlement, we have created this where, you know, getting the messages that you can do whatever you want in your life. You can be whoever you want. And I think that, well, yes, to an extent, but there are consequences of making these little choices but when we don't say that you know you in order to do and be whoever you want you have to work towards it there's there's effort involved there yes. is direction involved there is doesn't necessarily mean struggle but you're you know it just doesn't come and land you know on your lap and and that's the part where i think this lack of of awareness because when when people sort of want to say okay no well I just want to do whatever I want I think how far would you that happen in a society if suddenly there were no rules there were no parameters there were no boundaries we we aren't aware enough I don't think to be able to really or honor all, that sense of boundary yeah I mean or all the people that are required in order for them to arrive at a place of entitlement Yes. It takes a lot of people to sur- surround someone and let them away with their bullshit yes. and, you know, through the whole thing in order to become entitled. Very true. Very true. It's like, why are we supporting people that think that they're all that and a little bit of, you know, I mean, it's like, um, I just, I just find it uh, uh, unfathomable. Yeah, it's a hard one. It's very hard. I know I heard of someone, uh, I can't remember his name now, but he runs a, uh, he has a company, um, an online, uh, it's called the Shift Shift Network. And I had heard that he put a picture of Trump on his altar so that he could keep reminding himself that this was a spiritual teacher for him. And I thought that was really quite amazing. Um, But going to your point as well, in terms of what we allow why so many people just keep allowing this. And I think it goes back to Gord, what you had mentioned. I don't know if it was last episode, the one prior where around this idea of what we value in society as money, the power. So when someone has this sense of power with so much money or wealth or perceived power and wealth, then or knowledge or, or knowledge, but, but it's, it's that sense of when you'd mentioned about, you know, celebrities and athletes getting paid Mm. millions and millions of dollars and again, it's like, why are we putting so much value on this? And, and part of it is showing that, wow, there's a deep insecurity that somehow this is much more important than our sense of, you know, morality or our sense of integrity. That's, that somehow when someone has this ticket of, I have a million billions of dollars, then I can do whatever I want and it doesn't matter, you know, what I say and it's everybody else's fault. And people want to be around those types of people as though it was contagious, you know, that maybe scary. rub off on me or, or, you know, I'm going to get the, the money contagion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's 
called, uh, let's see, uh, yeah, COVID-19. Um, <laughs> doesn't go, it doesn't even make it to 20. Only yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's limited. It's so limited. But if if we don't accept ourselves, we will always, always be limited. Yes. You yes. know, as long as, you know, we say, you know, here is my power and hand that over, then uh, as long as I don't perceive that you've taken my power. Right. Even if I handed it to you, it's got to look slightly different. It's got to be manipulated in a way for me to think something differently. Yes. Does that make sense? You it know, does if make it's sense. straight up, then I'm going to get really pissed and I'm going to revert sense. back to the 14 year old. Yeah. Says, yeah, that's my right. Don't you tell me what to do. And that's why I think these 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 lessons are are so much deeper than what we're seeing, where it is an opportunity this time of people to hopefully, I think a lot of people have slowed down to some extent, even though they they're trying to fill the and distract with busyness. And I think that that's uncomfortable. and I, and I do believe that it also goes back to the the fear and the sense of helplessness. And and fear, as we've talked about before, is very dangerous. It's more it's more dangerous, I think, than than so many things because it really uh, is very damaging not only to somebody's immunity but to other people. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it comes a little bit back to uh, what we talked about, and that is is that emotion, uh, the full spectrum, is quite contagious. Yes. You know, yes. you're around angry people, you're going to become angry. You're that's around right. upbeat people, you're going to suddenly start to become upbeat. Well, and, and that's, the, that's where we recognize, pay attention to who you're hanging around with. What conversations are you engaging in? How much of the media are you watching? And is it impacting you? And then what's, because we know that that is, is the vibration of how we end up connecting in the world. And mm-hmm. what, what can we do in terms of our own part? that is going to allow us to, at the end of this, whatever this end is, whatever it's going to turn into, we still don't know, right? It's going to be very, maybe it's going to be really different. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. It could be like this female-led society. You could be like the new head presidentess. (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that. uh, President. (laughs) (laughs) Presidentess. Or something. We don't know where it's going to go. We don't. No. But, but, you know, your, your point around the helplessness and the lack of the ceremonies and the rituals, I do think that it's very important that people acknowledge this around the sadness they feel and the disappointment and then realizing that, okay, is there another way that we can, we have to remember, we're not trying to recreate the old. It's, it's how do we create something new and different? And very often it may feel flat or disappointing because we're stuck on what it should be, what we think it should be instead of, no, this is what it is. Well, that's just it. So, you know, what has to happen is they have to accept we have to accept that we don't have control right now. That, that's the hardline reality. There is no control to, to be had. So it comes to what do we have control over? You know, yes. Yes. Uh, we have control over our now, our daily life. You've mentioned this already. You know, we have control over where we are, you know, food and shopping and this and that. You know, uh, uh, um, there, you know, our what we think, how we feel, uh, you know, our hygiene, our clothes, you know, whatever. It sounds weird, but you know, that's what we have control over. Yes, and, and no, it's not weird at all. That those are the facts, and ironically, absolutely the facts. When you set into the facts, that's what grounds us. 
When yes. we stick into the facts, it keeps us grounded instead of in the drama or the or the the story of the fear of whatever else. It's like the now is here, and those facts are very helpful when we recognize. Oh, I do have control over this, or what I'm, you know, what I'm, what I'm going to make today, what I'm going to do today, and how I'm going to feel, and what I'm going to listen to. That allows us to feel like we are regaining and reclaiming some power, which is very. And it gives simple. us some choice. Well, as long as we have a little bit of choice, yes. we can feel a little bit of control. Yeah. And maybe that's all we can have right now. But there has to be that awareness that, you know, and we can't tell the difference. But on this difference, we're going to take a break. And we'll be back uh, just on the other side of these commercials. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back, uh, Mrs. Gord and Alexia, and we're still talking. (laughs) We're still talking. (laughs) We may be verging on a couple of little problems coming up here. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> the, the the what I'm referring to is we have differing opinions on some things, believe it or not. Um, um, now you know the the other thing about blame with with some people uh, is the conspiracy theories that float amongst everything. Uh, you know, to the point where it's laughable. Uh, some of them are so out there, yeah, I yeah. I can't believe it. I think the questioning is really important. And, and to yeah. see what else is really maybe going on here. But sometimes, you know, a yellow car is still just a yellow car. I agree 100%. And I think that questioning is important for everyone to not just take in what's being fed. And I think that that's really my point around being, you know, kind of dulled down and and floating in this zone of not realizing that you absolutely have the ability to 
take responsibility and be accountable for your own life. And then doing so that can help other people. It's not about selfishness or being just a silo, but it's recognizing that, you know what, you can choose to spend however many hours, you know, watching whatever it is. And it sounds relatively judgmental, but I I think I have some judgment on it because I feel like the chemistry of our bodies changes with what we see, what we watch, how much screen time. And that's been shown that it affects the brain. It affects how we think. Mm. It affects our mood. It, it's, not, it's not healthy. It's too much for us. We're not meant to be these, like the Stepford wives, we're not meant to be robotic. We're meant to be moving and engaging and aligning with nature, aligning with life, and, and still showing up in a way that is going to be sustainable for the planet and helping everyone in terms of harmony of the planet, harmony of the people. But I'm hopeful. I just um, don't know what's going to, you know, come out of some of, uh, I think some of the energy going back to the rebellion and the conspiracy, I think that sometimes that is, that is a, um, a, an interesting, you know, take because remember the word conspiracy, conspirare was originally from breathe together. So con and spirare, right? So people breathing together. But Mm -hmm. again, it's the intention behind it. If you're just there to question and explore and not get, not get caught up in the drama, then that's fine and get informed. But it also is, okay, what are the facts and what can I do about it? Because otherwise it becomes incredibly depleting. That's why you see activists go into incredible burnout because they're too attached to the outcome. They're too attached to the cause. And I think that we need activism, but the activism starts within ourselves. That self-work, that self-awareness, that's radical activism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if, you know, I, I will never take away from the activists. I mean, they have broken down more doors that complacency allowed to be built. Exactly. Um, I've lived long enough to have seen it uh, many, yeah. many, many times. You know, uh, there's, a, there's a, um, a prayer that I think so many of us are, are very familiar with. And if anyone has been in recovery, will be very familiar with. Uh, and that's the serenity prayer. The, uh, you know, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So beautiful. That prayer, or those three, four lines, are, are really, they're lifesavers. Because most of us spend so much time trying to change what we can't and have no idea what it is that we can change. And so when we, we look at, you know, helplessness, when we look at the fact of, yes, you don't have control. So let's ask for the, to know the difference then. What do I have control of? Exactly. And the big one, you know, uh, uh, is Eckhart Tolle in his book is now, the power of now. Uh, you know, the power of now, I have said this over and over and over again to, to my classes uh, to lectures is the gift the, the universe gave me were my students and my, my clients over the years because I had to learn to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. I can't be lecturing the way that I lecture, which is not to have a whole lot of notes around me, to, to be in a flow of things or to be with someone and hold space with someone in a therapy session or a counseling session and, and think about what I'm going to make for dinner. Right. I'm going to, 
I'm going to end up going, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. What were you saying again? <laughs> it's really not very good for that alliance therapeutically um, between client and therapist. So you, it just destroys everything. It destroys it between friends, too. It destroys it, destroys it when, you know, the, the, you're sitting with somebody and they're, on, they're texting somebody else. Yes. You know, it's like, why am I even here? You know, so just that, that being in the now, you know, if you're going to have coffee with a friend, even over the internet, you know, there was, there was a friend who said, can we call you back at nine? We're about to have a little wine party at eight with some friends over Zoom. And I'm like, sure, of course. What, I'm not invited? Um, but, you know, they sort of made this arrangement and they kept it, you know, and that was really, you know, it was great to see. So I think that knowing the power of just being in the now moment, stop you know, dissociating ourselves out of our bodies, you know, or exactly. a trip. You don't like what you're hearing. Why don't you ask yourself, why don't you like what you're hearing? If you have an opposing view, then thank you. That's why I always say that. Thank you for having an opposing view because at least I know you listen to me. Yes, yes, that's great. That's a great answer for that because I think you're right that this power of now and being present, it is making us all realize that, how easily it is to constantly step out of being present. And, you know, technology is, has benefits, having our smartphones and the internet and all of these platforms. And we still have to pay attention to how present we are showing up. Absolutely, because, because these things will just take over for us. They will. And they will cause more depression. If I don't see you in real life pretty soon, I'm going to think you're like this little three-inch by four-inch <laughs> illusion that shows up occasionally on my book here. <laughs> yes. Well, there is something that's very different around not seeing someone's you know, physical form right in front of you, right? I could be sitting here in my underwear and nobody even knows it. Actually, a, a newscaster just got got in trouble for doing that. Oh, no. He went in the air in his underwear. Oh, no. I just saw something ran, ran briefly across oh, an internet thing. And I well, thought, we have to have humor. And what I, what I do find we have to have humor. there's been a lot of creative and funny, uh, funny things coming out around this pandemic and around being, um, you know, sort of isolated in, in our homes and being stuck in our homes. And I think that it's not stuck. It's, it's basically, no, this is something that we need to do. But again, it's looking beyond the story of it and getting a sense of, okay, what's really going on under here? And what else can I see beyond this? This is part of it, absolutely. And what else is there? Right. And I think that it's the and instead and of what the kind of underwear color. is she wearing? Yeah. <laughs> and what kind of underwear is she wearing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, the, the helplessness and the lack of control and, you know, this is that cyclical nature of all these emotions. And I think that when people feel that they don't have choice, what you mentioned earlier, is probably, again, the biggest piece to making them feel like they need to resist. And again, that goes into perception of awareness of how old am I when I'm resisting this? What's my belief about what's happening? Because, mm -hmm. and then challenge that belief. Is that really true? Are my rights all being taken away? Well, you still have the right to what the heck you're going to think inside your mind or what you're going to choose to do. That's true freedom, right? That's true. When we have the external, we've been very privileged in, I mean, at least I have in my life in Toronto growing up in Canada, it's, it's a very privileged way of being in the world. And, and it's, it's really seeing that 
wait a second, I have been taking for granted many of the freedoms I have been, you know, that have been blessed in my life. And, and that is a piece where I think some people have to start realizing that, wait a minute, it isn't just about you and look beyond your own sense of self. Yeah, you know, it it's reminds me of um, uh, a really important book by Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. Yes, yes, you know, yes. For people who may not know him, because we're moving a little bit past relevance, unfortunately, it's incredibly relevant. And that is, he wrote this book through his observations while being a, a, a prisoner in a, a concentration camp. And he looked for how do people provide meaning in their lives? What did they do? You know, he was one that said that, you know, people can take everything away from you, absolutely everything away from you, except your attitude. Yeah. You know, that's powerful. Very powerful. Well, that's real power. That's where you have control. That's where you have control. And and energetically, remember, we're talking about this, wherever your attention goes, energy will flow. Absolutely. That's how we reclaim power from an energetic standpoint so that our bodies, our cellular, uh, you know, physiology improves, cortisol levels, all of these things. And again, relevance with connection to the earth and connection to what is our perception and our awareness of we have this thinking mind and we also have a deeper wisdom that is connected to consciousness. This is where the power comes from, real power. Not yes, around right. domination power that we see in other places, unfortunately, right? No, and that's what we associate as, as big power is, is the domination power. Yes. You know, or the abuse of uh, power versus empowerment. That's, yeah, exactly. Very I think different. there's a huge, in my mind, there's a difference. So I have to use both words. I, I like that. That's a great way to recognize um, the difference. And I was watching recently uh, a YouTube video from Marshall Rosenberg, who created nonviolent communication. And he was speaking about how he didn't, he didn't like that he had the, the words nonviolent communication. He didn't really like it. But what he said was that our society has basically made violence the norm. Not only in our language, but in our behaviors, that if this is what power is. You dominate someone or the hero comes in and, you know, beats up the other person or whatever it is. And, and I think that this is, again, another way for us to say, you know what, maybe we have to pay more attention to our language. And mm-hmm. maybe we have to pay more attention to what are we teaching children about what does it mean to be powerful in terms of their sense of self and their sense of confidence and instead of I, power means that I dominate someone else. Right. And I think that that is a learned, uh, something that, you know, we have to learn. It's like t- the wisdom to know the difference between, the, you know, what is abusive power and what is empowerment. Yes. You know, otherwise we have little boys growing up to think that slapping a woman around is powerful. Exactly. You know, or exactly. a, a male lover around is powerful. And it's, it's I've just seen too much of it. And, you know, empowerment really is a source from within and power is someone else gave us that. I think one is an innate and I think the other one is something we either steal or it's given to us freely and we run with it. Right. Right. Yeah. And and that's that's well said. I think that, you know, going back to this recognition of choice. And, and really looking at what does that actually mean what, and noticing where do I have choice so that I can feel like I have some control. Something that is, is uh, 
you know, I find quite disturbing that I've heard is that the domestic violent rates rates have gone up. Domestic violence, and yes, I and I twenty percent, and that is horrific and and very very sad. And I think of you know children who are stuck in abusive uh, homes, and I I feel how how there's that's helpless. I feel completely helpless. Right. And I think that I don't know. This is something that is where you say how is this how is this a wise thing that's happening? But it's it is happening. The reality is it is happening. Well, sure. Um, you know I think God invented work for a reason. <laughs> and the, which is what allows people to have been married for a very, very long time is they both went to work. Right. Uh, being around each other 24 hours a day, I've, I'm reading the odd thing here and there that people are like, we weren't even around this much together on our honeymoon. <laughs> you know, she was off seeing something at the, and right. I was off playing golf or whatever. Right. <clears throat> you know, I mean, it's, um, uh, it's a hard thing. It's a very hard thing to, one, be around your spouse 24 hours a day if you don't have a history or a record of doing that. Right. Two, it's enforced. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. if you, that makes it even more difficult. You yes. know, the level of frustration must be staggering. Oh, I can yeah. sympathize and empathize compassionately. <laughs> you know, yes. that I'm not in that position, you know. But it doesn't mean that if I was, even with an animal, that I need to, like, slap it. No, no. And, again, it goes back to the awareness factor, and it's coming from a woundedness. But it doesn't make it okay. And and I think that I feel really for parents who are working and also with young children having to work with their schooling and education, I think that that would be so challenging because – it's going to be, and first of all, everyone's getting used to this overload of information and overload of, of, of just performing and showing up and living in a very different capacity. So we've had, we've been inundated with all this, you know, energy and, and uh, change. And then where is the space for ourselves? So, yeah. so hopefully people will start to settle as this continues where it's like okay i'm here i'm i'm getting a little more comfortable with this routine and what it looks like and adaptability because i'm just hoping that people don't lose faith in their ability to adapt that we are oh, absolutely and if they and, and and you know and get their head out of their arse um <laughs> yes. so that's a little blunt yes. right? but the fact is those children that are driving you crazy are simply acting out your frustration yeah. there's nothing more going on here all right, it's not it's not an intention to go get at you. They're acting your frustration out at being stuck in the house, and and probably your spouse is feeling really bad because they're under exactly the same pressure you are. Why don't you talk about the pressure? Why don't you take the kids into another room and do something with them instead of yelling and screaming at them? Understand they're your frustration that has been exonerated or been been physicalized in front of you. Yeah. yeah, it's making everyone step into a more mature way of being in the world. And I think that exactly. that, that is a gift. all about us. Yeah, bringing the adult forward, that the wise person in ourselves and letting us yes. step into that life. We need to. On a wiser note, I have to bring us to a close. Alexia, thank you. Thank you, Gordon. Um, we will be back uh, next week, absolutely. And uh, if you are doing nothing on Friday evenings at 7 o'clock, you can find the Compassion Healing Circle, uh, you can uh, uh, Google it, Compassion Healing Circle, the virtual edition at 7 o'clock every Friday. Everyone's welcome. It's an open uh, open meeting, and we welcome you to join us. 
And in that case, stay safe, be well, be kind, and take care of each other. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your host, Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 